tell us where you did get those Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. Guten Tag. <laughs> and I'm Ira. And, and by this the, is Anti-Wave. It sure is. And by the way, that was that was German for hi. Oh, but, is that what that was? Gut, guten Tag. Guten Tag. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish the listeners could see your mouth trying to pronounce guten Tag. Guten Tag. It looks like you're trying to kiss a, a dog's ass after guten it's had diarrhea tag. all over the street. Guten Tag. Ooh. I've never seen your lips make that shape before. How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's good to see you. What's going on? <sighs> Stuff. Yeah? Yeah, it's all good. Things are good, yeah? Things are always good. They are, aren't they? Yeah. How's married life, buddy? It's it's going. It is. It is. Same as it was before. Mm-hmm. Oh, same as it was. You mean before you got married. Same as it ever was. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, it's nice. good times. Can I have kids? I'm I'm aiming for that. You know, can I share something with you before we... No, I was going to share something with you, but yeah, go ahead. What's your share? When you become parents, this is an Ira pet peeve, and I, I'm actually working on a, a presentation of it's uh, the, uh, the, a, ta- a PowerPoint? the the PowerPoint, of Ira. A TED Talk. These are like Ira bits, and it really annoys me when I see young parents such as yourself, and you're talking down to the child and doing baby talk. Oh, I can't handle that. I can't stand that. I can't stand. And it. I don't think it's psychologically good for the development of the kid. I, think I don't think that, it's psychologically good for the, <laughs> for the parents. parents either. Yeah. I think if anything, the child should elevate and try to meet the parents as far as word choice, demeanor, being an adult. I see parents, they say, you want that strawberry ice cream? Do you? Hmm? It's good. You're going to like it. Mm. I'll say, fuck you. Give the kid the strawberry ice cream. Hey, and if you don't like it, toss it in the garbage. How, how about like, it's, hey, you little brat, you want some? You want strawberry or chocolate? <laughs> it's also adding to this whole thing of entitlement. It is. It's it's adding fuel to the whole well, wait, entitlement wait. I, thing. I'll, I'll be right. I'll be okay. your son. You show me how. Yeah. How, how do you talk? Well, the, I don't, the way Dad, I was saying. Dad, yeah. do you do you see that? We're you know we're in the grocery store and yeah. on the aisle. Yeah. I, I want I want the lollipop. Yeah, Can we I can't have... afford it. Shut your trap. But. But you have all those... You're those... not going to get everything you want, and this is a lesson for you in life, my little one. But the grocery cart it's... is filled with magazines of naked ladies. Well, true, and that's all in my shopping cart, but don't mention that right now, son. The point is that you're not always going to get what you want, and that's an object lesson when you become an adult. I you want can't object... always get what you want. Is this one of those old songs you always keep singing? <laughs> anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine. I know you're not going to be parents like that. What? Why are you talking like... What are you saying? I'm not going to be a parent. I'm only six. No, I'm saying when you grow up and you become adult, Robert. Who's Robert? <laughs> anyway, so, yes. When I grow up to become an adult? <laughs> well, I'm talking to your seven-year-old. Oh, I see. Not adult. Yeah. I'm so wait, you're, your seven-year-old. in your hypothetical world, you might name your son after me? I thought this is your kid. Oh, I see. Because the role-playing. So... <laughs> you, oh, I like the idea of you naming your son Robert after me play your cards right and that just might happen yeah that's nice yeah i'll play him <laughs> i totally agree with you i can't stand it's always been a pet peeve of mine it bothers me when teachers do that too teachers always like elementary now, school did teachers you do your elementary homework? school teachers i can't yeah. stand that i can't either no. i don't think it's good for the development of the child i don't no. when i you know I, I work with a lot of elementary level students and whenever i see them i'm like hey what's up like, that's how i agree so them. cool that's the way it should be so the same way i would yeah. treat anybody else yeah. I can't handle that. Yeah. Good. We agree. Yeah. You were going to ask Ira, do you want to do the rest of the show with me? No, let's just talk about life and philosophies. Do you want to do the rest of the show with me? You're not recording now, are we? No. Okay. No. 
I'll, I'll let it all, all yeah. that out. Okay. Edit all that out. Ah, good. You know what I was thinking about today? Tell, you're, you have something to say. I had something I, I was going to say. I can tell. What, what? This town is full of these little... Uh, no. It's full of that guy. Yeah. The horn. Yeah. It's full of these mom and pop churches. Have you noticed this? I was driving home today and I noticed that on the way home, I probably pass about well over a dozen of these little hole-in-the-wall churches. Do you know what I'm talking about? You went to one. Oh, you? well, that was different. Quake, was that a Quaker? Yeah, but I would, I mean, that was a mom and pop church, but that yeah. was fucking freaky. That was... How'd that go again? <laughs> there was like a bunch of hoarders, and they, it was too, we walked in, and we didn't know anything about the, the whole place. We just saw, a, it was a house church, first of all. We didn't know anything about it. We just saw their website, and we show up, and we're like, that's fucking creepy. And we knock on the door, and I swear this is out of like a, a horror movie. The door creaks open just like that and at the end of this packed hallway filled with junk with rats and everything else i don't know it was really disgusting there's a woman sitting at her kitchen table and she just turns slow-mo style like something out of the ring and stares at us and just motions for us to come on in and you know quakers they do silent service right, right? so they they're silent the whole time they don't say hey how's it going and it just was this woman sitting at a card table in her kitchen and she went and got her husband. That was it. That was the whole service. It was just, and you just sat there. We sat there for an hour. For one hour. For one hour. You and Joey. Yeah. And there's a, you don't talk. No. You don't even pray. Well, the whole idea is that you don't say anything until you until God speaks through you. And you know you, you don't come with the idea of planning to say anything. And you don't come with the idea of planning not to say something. You just show up. And if you want to talk, you talk. If you don't, you don't. And we just sat there. I think I was the only person. I said something. I can't remember what I said, but I did say something. After about 25 minutes, I said something, and no one else said anything the entire time. What did or, you say? I said, I really think Blues Brothers is the best comedy of the 80s. It was divine. <laughs> I thought you said, and then the Germans came. And then the Germans came. <laughs> no, but uh, we... We sat there in an awkward silence in the the absolute grungiest, dirtiest kitchen in all of Los Angeles. It was down in uh, South Central. There, no, don't give me that look, producer Joey. It was awful. There were pieces of the ceiling that were missing. You could see the rafters. Uh, there were feral cats coming in and out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There literally, it was a hoarder house, and I'm not exaggerating at all. It was... Exactly what you see on the TV show Hoarders, where they've got stuff piled up to the ceiling. It was that. Are you going to convert? I already did. Yeah, I signed up. Now, he was definitely aiming to get us yeah. converted. Yeah. Uh, and he was even like, uh, he was like, well, you know, I, I'd love to have you guys back, but you really should try some other Quaker churches. And after, you know, the silence was up, after the hour was up, we sat and chatted with them for a little while. And, and the guy actually worked on Star Wars. And he started telling us about this history he had. I guess he was a big tinkerer with cameras and stuff. And he had been uh, like a camera. He had built a bunch of cameras, like super slow motion cameras and stuff. And we were talking about it. He was like, oh, yeah. He knew exactly. I, I, I know cameras really well. And as I was talking to him, he knew his shit. He knew exactly wow. what I was talking about. He was a Quaker. Was, yeah. he, was he dressed in like the guy on the Quaker no. oats cereal? No. With the white beard and that hat? And... He was dressed like the women. He was a female Quaker. She was, he was a cross-dressing Quaker. Oh. And uh, yeah, cross-quake is what they call it. Cross-quake. Yeah. yeah. Quake-cross. Yeah. No, he, he did have the beard. He had the white beard that was, you know, underneath his chin kind of thing. But 
his shirt was a I mean, it had holes all in it. It was like this old kind of plaid, uh, 1987. It, it would have been great for like the grunge stuff from the 90s, like that kind of plaid that's all kind of beat up. And d- something Kurt Cobain would have worn with holes in it would have looked great there. Robert, if you and Joey didn't show up that afternoon... There would have been he, no one there. So would he have sat there with his wife? He said... I, I mean, I don't know. She was sitting there. So I know she would have sat there without us. And he said, as long as he's been the leader of that church, he's been there for like 30 years, he said he's only not gotten up and done it maybe like three or four times, um, you know, like slept in or whatever, or missed the beginning of, of that service and or that meeting. And he, that's what he said. And I believe it to be true. But I think we just happened to walk in on like the one day where he slept in. Wow. Wow. And he was... He seemed like they both seem like genuinely nice people, so I'm not. It's not a slight against them. Although the the <laughs> the real key moment for me was as I'm sitting there watching their kitchen move around me, literally because there's ants and and cats and everything else and bugs. I was watching. I was I was just so focused on this one ant crawling across their table, and I started thinking about wow, you know, like I'm really trying to open my mind here, and I'm like. You know, if if God is really sending messages to us, He's having me watch this ant and and watch it crawl and watch it struggle, and He's here with all of us and these cats and everything, and and He's kind of um, you know uh, permeating every living creature, and I'm kind of really focused on this ant. And then the the hour was up, and we started talking, and as we're talking, He just reaches out across the table and just thumps on the table just a, a, with his thumb just a and just kills the ant that I've been staring at this entire time just killed it like no big deal and then rubs it across the table streaks its dead carcass all like the ant juices all across the table just rubs it off like a very that. holy religious man he is Whew, man it was wow. weird and you were tripping out on that that ant yeah 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 was this after marijuana became legal in California that you were having this tripping? Uh, no, this is yeah. before. Before, okay, yeah. yeah. So he's probably doing it illegally. I, I don't know, man. No, I was referring to you. Oh, me. Because of the ant and that you were like manifesting that perhaps the yeah, ants who, were... who needs weed? You just yeah, focus yeah. on ants. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There you go. Okay, well, those are but our my stories. My point was, don't you think there's point? a lot of these mom and pop churches Oh, the mom and pop everywhere? churches. I'm not familiar with them. You, you don't see what I'm... Like all the... All the Mexican people who go to these churches down on like Sixth Street and like Third Street, you don't go down there. Where do they go? I don't observe things like that. That's true. You yeah, don't. I don't even see when you get a plant in your home. But I, this is <laughs> that's true. You've been sitting next to a plant for the past <laughs> few weeks and you didn't even notice. Uh, what's really unique about Los Angeles is the number of these like churches that just pop up in these commercial areas. Like they'll be right next to a Sprint store or something, and then it'll be like, "Oh, there's a church next." Is door. that exclusive? Is that more of an LA scene? I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah, you know what? They do it for the tax advantage. I don't think so. I just think it's like crazy religious uh, beliefs wanting to meet somewhere, and they they're like, "We can get this space pretty cheap." I wonder if they have singles dances. I'm sure they do. Hmm. You should go. Yeah. yeah, I'll wear my cross. Your your Quaker cross? Yeah, your Quaker cross? Yeah, I I got the white beard. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's. uh, What do we? Oh, you should say what the movie and the top five. Oh yeah, we should. Shouldn't (laughs) we? Usually we do that at the top, don't we? Yeah, we should probably do that. So, do you want to tell us the movie this week is? Drum roll, please. 
Nah, fuck All it. Right. Let's not even mention <laughs> it. Drum roll. Uh, we're doing I, Tanya, and our top five this week is top five white trash You know, movies. white trash or trailer trash, and I was wondering about this last night at three in the morning, isn't white trash a little bit racist? Are you more comfortable saying trailer trash? Uh, no, because it's white. <laughs> well, can, can a black person be a trailer white trash? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Good. All right. Well, so um, I guess we should go go into. Let's talk about. Which one? Let's talk about who died this week. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. You know, Robert, this is the moment we really have to say that. <laughs> go figure. The following people have passed away, and I got to tell you, unfortunately, we must. Following people, they've they've turned to dust. Well, who died? Okay. Following people, just have a few names I'd like to uh, mm-hmm. acknowledge and, and celebrate their life. Uh, we lost Rick McKay, a 57-year-old American filmmaker. As far as I know, he only did one movie. And I Googled him and I tried to find other Rick things. Rick McKay? Mm-hmm. Rick, Rick McKay. And the movie he did was a documentary called Broadway, The Golden Age by Legends Who Lived There. It was a 2003 documentary film telling the story of the golden age of Broadway, oral history of the actual legendary actors in the 40s and the 50s. So he died, 53 years old. We also lost a young 35-year-old actor, uh, Mark, is it Sailing or Saling, who was in Glee? So long. So is that how you pronounce it? So long. So so long. It's been yeah. good to know. Yeah. Okay. So long. American actor. Now I thought, can we include him in the dead corner? But did a little bit of research, and sure enough, he did do a couple of films, including Children of the Corn Four, The Gathering. Ooh, the Children and, of the Corn Four. Yeah, Part Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gathering, nineteen ninety six, and also the grave, the the gravy graveyard in 2006 and then of course he got the gig in glee in 2008 he was accused of sexual battery uh, settled with the accuser out of court and then in 2015 he was arrested charged with possession of child pornography he had 15,000 images robert 15,000 images and and he was going to get four to seven years imprisonment and then he uh, he hanged himself well so he's riddance. dead now i at first thought that he was Gay, because he was on Glee, you know? Yeah. But I guess he was uh, straight. Anyway, he's dead. Are you disappointed that he's... <laughs> Let's move he's on. Gay? We lost... Oh, why are you changing the subject so what? fast? No, I'm not disappointed. I embrace him no matter what his uh, sexual uh, proclivity. All right. Uh, Louis Zorich, 93-year-old American actor, mostly for theater and television. However, he was in The Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm. And I know that was a favorite film of yours. Uh, Louis, as far as TV, he was in Mad About You. He was the father. Paul Reiser's dad. So he's a reoccurring character, a 93-year-old American actor. He's dead. And we also lost a 90-year-old Anne Gillis, American actress. She was Becky Thatcher. In Becky the, Thatcher? Yes, in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Remember that scene where they went in the cave yeah. with Tom and Becky Thatcher? I do she remember died. that. But here's the trivia. This is really interesting. She's in Kubrick's 2001. There was a scene when Astronaut Poole um, was talking on his video screen, mm-hmm. and it was um, to his mother because it was it was his birthday. She played his mother on the video screen uh, in that one sequence. Oh, so uh, Joey's got it right uh, there. We're holding up the picture right now. So she was 90-year-old, Ann Gillis, I think more known as being Becky Thatcher in Tom Sawyer, but she was also had that one small part in Kubrick's Space Odyssey. Did you like uh, Tom Sawyer? Yeah, a lot. Yeah? Yeah. 
why, why as I'm just, I, I liked it where they were in the cave and getting lost and with Becky Thatcher and she's kind of cute. And I was wondering if I was, you know, what I've like nailed her right there in the cave. I'm sure but you would But then it's cold and there's no bed. <laughs> and it would have to be on the dirt, you know? And I get dirty. You wouldn't fuck a girl if it was, uh, if it meant you had to get dirty? Yeah, I would. Okay. That's it. Oh, and also Kirk Douglas. Yeah, he died too. Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool. Yeah. Did you, uh, I, I, what do you think about when you think of, um, when you think of Tom Sawyer? What's the first, what's the first thought that comes to mind? Well, I would always get Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn confused. I would. I wonder why. I, <laughs> so, um, I, I remember, was it Huckleberry Finn with whitewashing the fence? Remember yeah, that? that's the, always the first thing I think of. Ro- really? Whitewashing the fence. Robert, are you being serious? Well, I mean, it's pretty iconic. It is. And the way he got his friends to join in, right? As yeah. if it was fun to do and getting them to do his chores, his yeah. work for him. I like that. Yeah. And I also, now was it Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn where he went to see his own funeral? He faked his death? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was always fascinated by that. I would like to be a fly on the wall in my own funeral. <laughs> I would. And Robert, you'd give a eulogy, wouldn't you? I'd be like, well, ah. there he sits. <laughs> Let's go get some food. That's it. All right. Those are the people who died. Oh, wait. One more. Perhaps we should go back to this other segment about about news in the industry. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, in particular, <laughs> in the news in the industry this mm-hmm. week has been... Yes. I, you're, we're going the same place, aren't we? I think we? we are. We're talking about Miss Wood. Miss Wood. Natalie Wood. Miss, Miss yeah. Wood. Yeah. We knew all along what was going on in that boat in Catalina, right? So walk us through okay. what, what happened on the boat in terms of... What, what do you know happened on well, the boat? Well, as far as I know, it was they were all drunk. And she this is like, what, 1981 or two or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, who was the other guy? James Woods. Was it James? No, was on the boat not with James him? Woods. No, James, who was the other guy? Um, uh, producer Joey? Well, not Wagner. Uh, yeah, no, Wag- Robert, uh, was it Robert Wagner? Yeah. Well, that's her husband. Yeah. Yeah. So, but oh, who was the other gentleman? Oh, uh, she was Chris, having Christopher, Chris Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah. That's it. Christopher Walken. Right. I think that she was having an affair with Christopher Walken. She was drunk. There was a lot of flirtation. She fell overboard. And then I think that her husband uh, helped her drown. By, he helped her drown? Yeah, by keeping her head underwater. Well, okay. So well, having having the affair is not... He's the... going to go to jail. I doubt it. You really? Nah. This is nice. How old is he now? He'll die before he ever goes to jail. Yeah. yeah. But it's... What, what's interesting to me is... Oh, my bad. This, this that might be more interesting than our podcast. <laughs> I promise you, it's not. Uh, I, I think he's too old to go to jail because he's. First of all, that case is never going to be brought back to trial. I mean, there's the only witness is Christopher Walken. No, but there's a shitload of new evidence, and now what, what's the new evidence? I don't know that. No yet. one has dis- disclosed well, what yet, it is. It's conflicting. Um, with the timeline, and there's something wrong with the husband's story. It's not jiving. Well, she certainly had something going on with Christopher Walken. Almost everybody right. says that, right. right? Like they were giggling and having you know drinks together and always kind of whispering and everything else. And he was getting pissed about it. And apparently he had a hot temper. And it was that the captain of the ship noticed that they'd been having all these fights. And then they go to the back of the boat, having a big fight back there. And the question now becomes, did she get into the dinghy to try to go back to Catalina on her own and then just slip and fall and, and drown? Or did he hold her underwater until right. she died? That's the real question. So you yeah. think he did it? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
It was an accidental drowning. Do you think it was? No. No. I don't no. think so. She was having an affair with him, with Christopher Walken. You know they what? They were flirting. I, if I saw that kind of behavior in him in other areas, I'd be more apt to see that. I'm sure he's a hothead. You know, I don't doubt that. But I, just, I guess I don't see that you just kill somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Okay, there's a few things. Number one, I think it becomes a part of our culture to want there to be a conspiracy. It's more fun if there's a conspiracy. If she just drowned, end of story. She just she got drunk and she drowned. And and honestly, that's probably the most easily explained answer for what happened. She'd been drinking. She'd been fighting. She'd been kind of hysterical. She probably got into the dinghy and probably fell out. That's probably what happened. But if he killed her, I, I can't believe that that kind of behavior exists in a bubble. He has to have had that same kind of... But Thursday, Robert Wagner was taking a nap. Was it late at night? And he wakes up and all of a sudden he sees his wife, Natalie. Now, is, it, br- an, is it a nap if you're asleep late at night? Okay, maybe not a nap. But maybe it was a stupor. They're all drinking. And he sees his wife in an embrace with, with Christopher. How are they embracing? And his hothead. Yeah, they were fucking... Oh. Yeah, bitch. Throw overboard. Drown her. I think you're it, you're playing into the idea that there should be a conspiracy here. What's more fun, isn't it? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, no one wants to believe that Oswald acted alone because we want the right. CIA and the mafia and the Russians all colluded to, to kill him because that, that makes it feel more special as opposed to, oh, no, there's one single nut who is just up there taking shots at the president. Got lucky. Got a really good shot off. Well, we'll find out, won't we? I doubt it. We probably won't find out. We probably won't and find so out. And so it goes. Yeah. All right. So much for our news in the media. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. All right. Hey, uh, what did you see this week? Oh, are you saying it's time for, you know, Robert, other, other movies we've seen during the last seven days and Robert's, uh, some are stinkers and some we want to praise and, yeah. and, and, and some are old and some are new. And oh. I think we now should present our week in review. Oh, yeah, Who's going to go good. first? Uh, either way. You go. You go. Well, what did I watch this week? Uh, trying to catch up with a lot of the Oscar movies. So I did watch a lot of films this week. Uh, in particular, I want to talk about Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. I hated Phantom Thread. I did not like Phantom Thread. Tell us why. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always giving movies a pretty good score. Absolutely. The lowest you've ever done is a C. I think so. Plus. I would C give this movie a D. Whoa. I do not like this movie. Now, that's not to say that it's necessarily a bad movie. And I think it's important to keep in mind the taste of the person watching it. This is not my cup of tea. I do not like these kind of films, those period films, the English, just... Uh, I kept thinking of uh, this bit that Eddie Izzard did in one of his stand-up comedy routines where he was talking about uh, how English films are just very... Like someone walking into a room while the other person's arranging matches and you're like, oh, I was... Okay, well, I, I guess I should... I, I, I guess... That's funny. And that's very much how the movie was yeah, the entire yeah. time. Of just people walking into rooms going, oh, what I guess I should leave then. Yes, I guess you better had. And it's, it's, that's all it is. And I, I don't know. It, the, the, the actors I find... It's his be, last movie. <sighs> he's retired how many times? <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, everyone sucks his dick for being this amazing actor. I think there's so many other incredible actors that are working right now. I, I think most people are just enthralled with any time an actor stays in character outside of the performance, which I don't even see as being any sort of... Uh, why are we heralding these people as being great talents for staying in character? What does that even fucking mean? Who cares if you stay in character? 
In fact, I would argue it's an even more impressive skill when you can ah, drop the character point. and have a normal conversation with people and someone says, hey, I'm going to you know, drop right now. Do it. Do your character. And then you just hop into your character. That's more talented. Absolutely. Than having to, quote unquote, stay in character. I know, but it's more sexy to right. say you lived in It's more mysterious and, and brooding. Even when I left the set and go home to my spouse, I was still Lincoln. Right. 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 I, I really, and that just, it's so fucking pretentious. Yeah. I really want him to play like a street juggler or something, you know? And he's, it just doesn't <laughs> stop juggling. Something like that, where it's just like, dude, you're, he's, he's so pompous and just blowhardy. And I don't know. I've, I find that all, all of those people are the... Uh, what was it about one character keeping the other character sick so he, they could take care of that person? Yeah. Nurse them back and it's this weird dysfunctional, codependent... I mean, it's basically... The, the storyline is that there's a guy who's an incredible dressmaker. He finds this woman. He kind of goes through women on a regular basis and he finds this woman and he's... Uh, kind of enthralled with her, makes dresses for her, and then she's kind of reached the end of her line, and instead of being discarded like all the other women, she poisons him with mushrooms and gets him sick and then nurses him back to health so that uh, she can be important in his life. And they have this, their relationship kind of strengthens and, and unifies, and then he starts to not need her anymore, and then she poisons him again, and then he needs her again. And then by the end of the movie, he starts to realize, oh, uh, I like it when you poison me, and it knocks him down a peg or two and, and he's just like, yeah, let's, let's do this together. Poison me. Uh, who fucking cares? Paul Thomas Anderson, I do not think he should receive, receive as many accolades as he gets. He's not a bad filmmaker. I think Punch Drunk Love is incredible. I love that movie. Boogie Nights is great. You know, um, Heart Aid is great. He's made some really great movies. Magnolia had its moments. Yes, I would agree. But people suck his dick they they suck it like they're, they're trying to get the cure for AIDS and it is not at the bottom of P.T. Anderson's scrotum I'll tell you that whoa alright what else did you see this week Robert I saw three billboards oh you did yeah it was alright did you like that one any more than yeah it was good yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did I see I saw um, The Post I saw that oh did you yeah I had seen it too. And yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, I thought so. It did. It delivered what it was supposed to be. Yeah, you know? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I saw Get Out. Meryl Streep is Meryl worthy of getting being nominated for uh, anything? She, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, I would give it to her. She did do a good job. Um, I didn't like her glasses fidget. Every scene, she was like trying to fidget with her glasses, like making that a thing, and that just feel felt a little forced to me. Robert, did you buy into Tom Hanks being blustery? As the editor, was it Tom pretending to be blustery? Hmm. Well, I think it's hard just because we've all collectively seen so much of Tom Hanks's stuff. We know he's a star, and when he tries to act, it kind of you see him coming through, right? Yes. So, uh, yes, I, I think it's kind of hard to judge that fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I bought it. I mean, all of those people, they were just versions of themselves right and that's okay i don't mind that yeah yeah i saw get out finally I you did it. and um uh, i liked it i liked it a lot better than i thought it was going to you liked it more the previous two movies that's for sure yeah and then i i i have movie. to say this is a it's a toned down watered down version of martyrs which is a french horror movie and follows almost the exact same plot line 
uh, very similar plot line, not the exact same plot. I shouldn't say that. similar plot line, and um, and it's way more fucked up. But which uh, one, martyrs? Martyrs, yeah, way more fucked up. But it definitely has some. There's a lot of similarities between the two. I'll put it that way. Huh. I, I shouldn't say it's the same plot line. I should never have said that. Uh, and then I also saw Jumanji, which had its moments. Actually, <laughs> I found myself chuckling a few times and was like, eh, "All right, uh, yeah." It's a. It's not a good movie, but I, let me rephrase that. It it accomplishes what it set out to do. It's not an Oscar contender, but we all know that. But you know, it was entertaining. Okay. You saw quite a few movies. I did. This week. Yeah. All right. I did too. Oh. You ready? Softcore porn number one. Here we go. And I want to first preface the saying the following. I hope I'm not disappointing you, Robert, or producer Joey, or our our listening audience for that matter. Um, Nothing softcore about the movies I'm about to run. What? There's a growth alert. Producer Joey. Look at her expression. She's like, give me this. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a potpourri. No, I didn't see the following films in their entirety. A but pot I saw, the, Yeah, pot parade. Here we go. Number one, I watched, again, the last 20 minutes of La La Land, and I have to tell you something. This time I found it more affecting than when I first saw it. Um, about that whole notion about what if. What if instead of slapping the person, you gave that person a kiss or throwing water in the face? And I, it's always a concept that's haunted me. Like, you well, didn't what like if, that, did you? Well, I, didn't you say you thought that was a cop out? No, I, I liked that ending initially, and I liked it even more watching it a second time. I'm kind of obsessed with the notion of what if. What if I had the nerve to go up to that girl at that camp I went to, that Jewish camp, and say, I think you're pretty. Do you want to have dinner with me? And you always wonder where I would be right now. Maybe I'd be a happily married man. All about the choices that we make. There's, there's an interesting concept there that's, that resonates with me. And I, I like that ending, and even though it was not a happy ending, but I found it quite affecting. Robert, I watched the first 20 minutes of Taxi, Taxi Driver. And I just want to say, yeah, I know I watched it 20 minutes at the end of one, 20 minutes at the beginning of the other one. Uh, obviously, again, 1976, we already spoke about that movie I wonder what previously. Scorsese would say about that, people just watching I know, fractions of insulting. his movie. It's insulting, I think. But I want to mention again Bernard Herrmann's music that was really um, jazzy and haunting, and it's so well captured uh, Times Square in, in the 1970s when Times Square was the way it should be now mm-hmm. instead of getting all Disney-fied. And it was um, beautiful cinematography and I found it quite fascinating. Unfortunately, I had to stop after 20 minutes. I watched The Day After Tomorrow, a third film. I had mm-hmm. never seen this film uh, with a very young Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah. Am I saying his name right? Gil- she- How do you spell his last name? It's Gallon she- Gal- Gallon, yeah. A very young Jake. Very boyish looking, and it was kind of a cornball movie, but it was fun to see the you know the the, the ice that's permeating New York City, and I wanted to see what they're going to do with the Statue of Liberty, and it was reminiscent for me of the movie Twenty Twelve with John Cusack, mm-hmm. very similar, and you know what, Robert, same director, yeah, same director, directors um, will do that, yeah, how about that, uh, Roland. First name was Roland. Roland with an E. Last name because yeah, he's notoriously you know, what's his fucking name? Oh jeez, Roland Emmanuel. Anyway, it is Roland. So while producer, yeah, he's known for making those kind of bad, yeah, he's schlocky. yeah, he's bad at those schlocky movies. But I found myself watching that. It was kind of cornball with some Roland Emmerich. That's, that's it. it. Nifty special effects. Robert, for the first time, 
I watched The Man Who Knew Too Much, 1956. Now I'm getting some culture in here, huh? This was Hitchcock's, as you know, it was the second time he directed The Man Who Knew Too Much. He did an earlier version, too. And didn't he do Dial M for Murder twice, too? Yes, he did. Yep. Oh, did he do Dial M for Murder two times as well? I think he did. I'm not sure. Dial M for Murder and then M, I think... I think he did the same movie twice, but I've, I've seen both versions of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah, yeah. It's and interesting it, to see the same the same storyline by the same Basically director. same, yet different. Once again, I want to mention Bernard Herrmann did the music for that as well, and obviously with Jimmy Stewart and Doris Day, and Doris Day. Mm-hmm. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. We'll do a the future's the... Is there a review for a movie that you have that doesn't involve the song? No. You know, a trivia game I used to play when What's I was that? young. I tell my friends, name the movie and I'll hum the opening theme song. I never told you this. And they would, and I would do it. Debbie Does Dallas. I think we have our drop for the end of the show. <laughs> one more, and I'll be... Okay, one last film. I watched a documentary called Becoming Cary Grant. Uh, that sounds interesting. Hmm? That sounds interesting. It, was, it should have been interesting, and it wasn't. And hmm. it didn't resonate with me, and I was curious about why. After I saw it, I had my own opinions. I did some... Looked at some reviews, and it got very poor reviews. It's interesting. A lot of it was about his, his mother, evidently, is kind of a fucked-up relationship with his mom, and she was insane and so on. It was all weird. And the stuff when he experimented with LSD... And all that, we've heard about that. And I found we have? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of LSD, too, when he was um, married to Diane Cannon. But the strange thing is that here we had a, a documentary on Cary wow, Grant. Wow, I'm saying the walls melt. <laughs> what? Everything's that... blurring together. Wow, you're good. That's, is that's... this arsenic in old lace? Lucy in the sky. <laughs> with... All right. Lucy in the sky with, <laughs> with diamonds. Um a documentary on Mr. Grant, and I found this fascinating, that there was no mention in this entire film about his being gay or bisexual. And I found that very curious. It was like the filmmaker made a conscious, a, a conscious decision to not go there. Interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So don't watch it? No. I, you don't really learn anything about it. But seeing the old film footage, the eight millimeter stuff, when mm. he was very young with different starlets, you get something out of that. But it just felt ultimately you really didn't learn about the man. So they didn't talk about his relationship with Hitler or anything? That he had sex with Hitler? Right. You know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people know about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the epilogue of the documentary. Oh, and by the way, he fucked oh, Hitler. Oh, by the way, <laughs> he had sex with Hitler. Yeah. End credits. <laughs> the Week in Review. Well... <sighs> Hey, let's talk about I, Tanya. Yeah. Robert, talk us through it. I, Tanya follows the story of uh, Tanya Harding as she tries to compete in the Olympics, winds up uh, getting involved in smashing Nancy Kerrigan's knee, and that's it, <laughs> right? Well, the end. Yeah, okay. Roll credits. About, yeah, and then, and then she yeah, I mean, had I, sex this... with Hitler, and then that was the end of the movie. Right, and right. that's how every movie should end. <laughs> Oh, and P.S., I fucked Hitler. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, so obviously this is about Tanya Harding's life, so that it's going to involve her background, how she got involved. It's a biopic about Tanya Harding, how she got involved in, uh, in ice skating. She was very much an outsider. The, uh, the, the Olympic and, and just skating community in general never really 
gave her the proper credit because she didn't have the look and the style right. and the, the glam. Right. right. Hence our top five this week, which is top five trailer trash or white trash, uh, however we want to put it. Right. And I Margot Robbie really pulls off this character. I think she's great as I the character. So. Yeah. But of course the standout star is Allison Janney. I mean she's yes. fucking amazing in this I know, movie. I know. And the, the Oscar's hers, yeah. right? I mean, I can't imagine. I think this is one year. Unless somebody comes out saying she she raped him. There you go. Yeah, sexual harassment. Right. Yeah, yeah. Unless she's part of the Me Too movement, then I, I think she's good. I do feel that this is, we'll talk more about the Oscars, of course, again, as we get closer. We're going to have a special Oscar podcast, and we'll probably predict our winners and so on. But I want to say that as far as actor, it seems to be pretty much a given that it's going to be um, Churchill. Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman for that. And I sure think Allison is going to get it for supporting uh, and actress. rightly so. And, yeah, and I mean, so well-deserved. I mean, her body of work, right. she's done a lot of film and a lot of television, and she was brilliant in this part. I like this film a lot. Yeah, I did too. Good. Ah, I, the the music was good, and I, I can understand how somebody might um, attack the film as being kind of a rip-off of Goodfellas, and I think we might have even mentioned that on this podcast. There's Goodfellas been a, on ice. Yeah, there's been a lot of comparison between the, the two films, and I can certainly understand that. But Goodfellas is a great movie, and if you're going to rip something off, uh, and I don't even think they were ripping ripping it off, but I think they were really using that as maybe their influence, maybe using that as their template to make this film, and pff, rightly so, it worked. You know what it really reminded me of, even more than Goodfellas? Are you familiar with To Die For with Nicole Kidman? Yes. Did you see it? Yes. And it was so reminiscent with the the style mm-hmm. and tone that was directed by Gus Gus Van Saint. Gus Van Saint? Yeah. Sant? Sant. 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 Gus Van. But it was directed by Gus. Gussie Baby. <laughs> Gussie Baby. And um, Buck Henry wrote the screenplay to that, by the way. Isn't that interesting? To Die For. No. That's the one where that she's, was, the, she's the she reporter. Must be a news, she must be a news anchor. Right. She must be a news anchor. She'll do whatever it takes. And it was kind of similar to that. Yeah. But also the way it was shot, where it had that mockumentary feel yeah. and breaking the fourth wall and uh, somewhat disturbing, too, at the end. It was really a good... And I kept flashing on that film as I was watching this movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah I could see the yeah, two. Yeah, very similar. I liked it. I did, too. I, I liked a lot. And again, there was a, it was very fluid. Mm-hmm. I liked the energy of the film. I liked the breaking the... I, I'm assuming that our, I, our listeners, I don't want to talk down to our listeners, but the expression of breaking the fourth wall as far as characters suddenly talking to the audience. I feel like that term... And, and then when he punched her, he also broke the fourth wall he, by hitting the wall. Yeah, so it was a double yeah. wall. Yeah. It was done very effectively, though, yeah. without the, breaking that wall. And again, we've seen that done in, in, in theater, in plays, like, you know, Our Town, you know, where suddenly the stage manager talks to the audience. Of well, course, this, Ferris Bueller. I've used this term a lot, wall. but every once in a while, it, it helps to refresh people. It does. I've, I've mentioned this term before, but Brechtian, which is from Bertolt Brecht, is a German playwright. And he was the one that really started doing that up until that point, And this is back in 19... 19- 30s, 40s. Actually, it would have been after the divide, so it would have been after World War II, I think. But the um, Three Penny Theater in Berlin was famous for having a lot of Bertolt Brecht's plays. And let's see, producer Joey's got me up here. Oh no, it's even before that. So like late, like early 1900s. So 1913 to 1956. So anyway, he would do a lot of plays that would. Um, that would purposefully remind the audience that you're at a play. You would talk to the audience, try to get them involved. And whenever you would start to get lost in the story, he would bring you back. So that's that's Brechtian, and that comes from that whole theater style. And I think that's very much what they're doing here. And it becomes 
you know, I, I think films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off have a little bit of that and they do it so well so seamlessly that it starts to work its way into more and more films we're seeing it more and more like those little moments where um where ferris turns to the camera is talking to us to us and it's like oh we're part of the story now. remember the very end we see the show it's over go leave home. already go home yeah it's the movie's done yeah and it's great it's such a nice little moment yeah and so now we're i mean i think when scorsese starts to use some of that in you know goodfellas and he's using narration more and more and he, he's really giving it the okay artistic people can use this same device not just comedy teen movies and i think more and more after that people are are using that as a as a tactic and effectively so it right. makes it more of an experience rather than just getting but lost it does it does pull you out of the movie yes and it reminds you that you're watching a movie so it's a device and i think if it's abused it could dilute the power of the film I, well, if it's abused, sure. I mean, that goes with anything. Um, even like, I'm thinking about Annie Hall, where Woody Allen does the monologue at the beginning. And sure. The other movie. Those, yeah. the, but those are gems. Those are wonderful. I wonder, can you think of any examples where breaking the fourth wall is a uh, cheap trick and it just was unnecessary? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, th- I mean, th- I think it all depends on perspective, on, on how, you, h- how you think of it. I mean, I'm I, thinking about like... Um, talking about the comedies the 80s comedy movies from uh what was it? i think it was 16 candles where anthony michael hall turns to the camera at one point it's the only time in the whole movie where he kind of turns to the camera after the drunk girl gets in the car and he's like uh how, how did i get this or something he makes some sort of quick comment to the or looks at the camera and kind of raises his eyebrows and then drives off and he just kind of gives us a little nod some people could say why that just took us out of the story why did you look at the camera whereas other people might say, oh, it's a nice little moment. So I think it's a matter of perspective, right, whether right. it's being abused or I'll not. I'll tell you, there was, I don't know if you remember this, but there was one one beat in, in I, Tanya where she makes up with her husband and they're actually, it's not even making love, they're, they're fucking. And she- I'm sorry, she, what? They're, <laughs> they're fucking. She's on the bed and she turns to the camera and says, my mom used to beat me and I know that deep down she must love me. Equating that yeah. with this guy who's now- fucking her coming back and it was just such a powerful moment and it added a texture to it like we were going into her subconscious you know about her motivation for going back to him it was just an incredible beat she just turns and says right to the camera my mom used to beat me and i know she loved me well, almost, and then she'd go back to making love almost every shot has this real high energy like push in or pull out it's coordinated yes, yes. it's not these long static shots right. like this is the antithesis of any wes anderson movie that you've ever seen uh, almost said Wes Craven, but you know Wes Anderson, where everything is just very symmetric and still, and the camera doesn't move very much. This movie fluid, moves. Yeah. fluid. I kept using the word fluid. much like a skater, and I feel like it's it it fit the dynamics of what you know what the subject matter was. Speaking of skating, there was incredible sequences on the ice, sure, with the camera and spinning around with her. Most of her own stunts. I, I read some articles on that in preparation yeah. for this, and yes, she did a lot of them, but there were actually times they did some CGI. Yeah, I think she, she was do spinning the... super fast. Right. She couldn't do the triple, right. the triple, and they actually put her face on the a stump for when she was spinning around rapidly, right. and that was a CGI'd image. But yes, she did a lot of her own skating. It's pretty incredible. It's, it is pretty incredible. Uh, I I was this was just a great. I love the energy of this film. We keep on using the word fluid. The acting was really solid. Um, I am. By the way, you know who directed this film? 
also directed. I'm going to tell you something. You ready for this? Mm. Same director who did Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, I could see that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 Same kind of energy. Yeah. I mean, not the same kind, but a similar feel to it. Also, it's so interesting with this film that to what it was almost a satire it was straddling that line it was straddling that line where is it making fun and even at times the music was a little bit like the big dramatic scene we're about to finally see the nancy care and the music was self-consciously too serious kind of messing with us a little bit it was almost tongue-in-cheek i found the movie to be really fun yeah yeah it was a serious movie with comedic uh moments where you know where she's doing all these exercises and her mom turns to us and says, she really did this. And yeah. it's such n- nice little, um, what am I trying to say? Like, I-, I get a feel for what actually went on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I know this is probably not the best way to find out the historical accuracy of the event. It, w- it was nice to kind of see her perspective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Allison, she was wonderful. So now the question becomes, do you think that, Tanya Harding had an idea. That I know, they were and I, do something. I, you're reading my mind here, and you're reading my. That was a question I wanted to ask you because, according I'm to this film, according to this film, she was more innocent than not, less aware than I thought she was. Right. And I'm wondering how truthful that is. I think if I had to choose, I think that deep down she knew more than that film let on. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I, I guess I could say you're right. Hmm. The uh, I I, I got to pull up the actor's name. Maybe producer Joe can do it. The guy who played the um, the autistic uh, like crazy guy who's like trying to what's his name? He played the um, oh what's the actor's name? You're talking about Sean, the guy who played Sean Eckhart. Yes, the bodyguard. Yes, Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, he was great. He's fantastic. He was perfect. Definitely on the spectrum. I mean, not, yeah. not the actor, but the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good I, times. I and the, the the footage at the end over the credits was yeah. really nice to, to see because it really gave right. um, some perspective to the accuracy of the performances. Yeah. The one thing I did feel like is that Margot Robbie was just a little too pretty for I, this role. It's Tony Harding is just. She's not as easy on the eyes, and Margot Robbie is just so she's a beautiful. I know, I know. I thought of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't like that. You know, I've talked about that. Well, we've talked about that before, especially with our FBI agent in Wind River. Yeah, with Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, too pretty, too cute, not realistic. She was wonderful in this part, but a little bit too pretty. Kind of like us. We're too pretty. What would you give this movie? A minus, mm. A minus. Well, I'd give it, uh, I'd give it uh, a ninety-six percent, ninety-six out of a hundred. All right. What would you give this movie? I give this movie an A. Solid A. Yeah. Without the minus, I would watch this movie again. Yeah, I would too. Uh, and what was your money shot? Yeah, my money shot. And by the way, let me say one more thing. We should mention the uh, the boyfriend who was played by a Sebastian Stan, and um, and I don't know what else he's done, but he reminded me. Do you ever see Star Ninety? No. Oh, you didn't see that film? I know Eric, what you're talking about, but I didn't Eric see it. Eric Roberts, play, it was a very similar, even with the mustache, yeah. a very sim- oily and somewhat slimy character. Just huh. remind, it reminded me of that. I have a few money shots 
Because this time I actually prepared for it. See? How rare. Instead of waiting for me to go yeah, first. Instead, oh, then... you go first, Robert. What's your money shot? Um, before the Olympics, uh, the climax of the film, we had a shot where she's looking at herself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And it went on for like 20 seconds. And she was just staring at herself and putting on her makeup, the, the rouge or blush. And it was almost like war paint going into battle mm. and she had and then she smoothed it in and she kept staring at herself the camera took its time and she gave a horrible smile not feeling it yeah. a file that d- it didn't work and that was just a real powerful moment before she went on the ice and had that incident with her shoelace and not being able to complete her her routine the other money shot that i have is um is when the judge passed sentence on her and said you're banned from ice skating yeah and that whole scene Sequence. was really, it was so perfect and it wasn't overdone. It wasn't, it wasn't overly dramatic, but her reaction that you're not going to let me skate again. Yeah. I'll go to jail. I'll do, but don't take that away from me that I can't skate again. Which, I don't think they should have done that. I think, I, I think d- it was too harsh. I think so too. I, it, Even if she'd murdered somebody, if, if she if pays she her murdered sentence, someone, let her she out. shouldn't be allowed to skate. Right. Well, she'd fill out her 20 years and she could skate when she's 80. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It seems unduly harsh those are my two money her reaction to the judge passing sentence it's kind of like weinstein weinstein should be he should be jailed and as soon as he's out he should be allowed to make movies should not have been kicked out of the producer's division of the academy he should get an oscar (laughs) right i think that's what we're all saying well sure do a little jail time then come out and get an oscar lifetime achievement Those are my two money shots. What are yours? My money shot is the... Uh, you're going to know exactly what I mean when I start to talk about it. The shot coming out of the house. There's one really long shot. Just a very long take. And it seemed almost like the shot didn't belong in the rest of the film. But yet somehow it did. It was just this uh, uh, coming out of the house and down the driveway, down, down the, the road. road. Down the road, yeah. It, it was just a beautiful shot. Yep. And... And very artistically placed within the film. And then also all of the stuff where she was doing the, these like rocky workout uh, yeah, things like with, that. in the woods. Yeah, and yeah. that little those little sequences in there. Those yeah. two really stand out. Yeah, for me. carrying different things. Yeah, like running through jugs rest. of milk yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. I liked also the, uh, there's more of a sequence when they were falling in love and uh, they were next to each other. A little bit awkward for both of them. And he was working on the car and she was telling him how to do something to fix the engine and it was a very sweet moment and between the two of them there's just very um sweet scene you know something else that producer joey and i have talked about quite a few times since we i saw this movie a while back and we've talked about it quite a bit since then there is one line in this movie that is probably the audio money money shot for me i can't even remember the visuals of what was happening but the line really stuck out to me which was that we are all her attackers. And that really, it, she made such a great point with that, which is that the public really beat up on her. And, and everyone just took their turn abusing her and punching her and, and verbally attacking. And It was near the end of the movie. Yes. It was near the end of the movie. And we'd and seen the, her be beat up so many times. The implication, Robert, was that it's our fault. For wanting to see this, I don't think it's wanting to see watching this. I think this. it's the way that she was portrayed in the media during uh, during the the time, you know, during the nineties, and attacking her and just throwing her name around in late night talk show hosts, you know, their monologues and and she was a punchline. Yep, and it was just more 
attacks, and everybody took their turn beating up Tanya Harding. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting perspective. Yes, and it, it is. And I had to walk away going. I thought about that. Yeah, let me I too. thought about that. You know? I thought it was a, a legitimate argument. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think Nancy Kerrigan's seen it yet, right? Is that right? I think I read somewhere that she's refused to watch it. Nancy, yeah, do you we should hit her other knee. Yeah. Do you what? think when it, when it comes out on video, she'll secretly watch it? She has to. How could you not? How can she not? How can she not? Yeah. If someone made a movie about me, I'd be like, mm, I fucking see this. Well, thing. of course, it's not really about her, but 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 it is about it is, her. It is. It about is. Her. And yeah. I know what you mean, but it it centers around her. Yeah. And the scene where she and uh, and Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya and Nancy are in the hotel room, like you know, doing a bunch yeah. of you know pillow fights. Or I what? didn't know that they were close like that. Assuming that to be true, I I believe that to be yeah, true. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Nancy, what a crybaby. Why is this happening? Get over it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think Harvey Weinstein's doing the same? Thing? <laughs> Why me? And by the way, I have to mention this. So we saw a film here, and it actually wasn't distributed by A24. Go figure. Wow. You know A24 <laughs> just bought the rights to this movie, right? <laughs> All right, so Good. we yeah, did that. We agree. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about our top there five. Was, wait, let me say one. It's a quick shot. It's a gem of a movie, and we, we highly, highly recommend it. What was it she's smoking just before she goes out on the ice? And that cliche about putting out the half butt of the cigarette with your shoe, mm-hmm. and she puts it out. You just see with her blade, the blade go down and cut it in half. Yeah. There was something about that that was just clever. It, I like this movie a lot. All right. Good. All right. We're going to do our top five. Our top five. White trash. Hit it. Vern. And now, wipe off that frown. As we present our countdown, we ain't joshing, and this ain't no jive. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay, so, Ira, do you want to go first? Why don't you go first? I'm, I'm going to go first? Yeah, you go first. Now, i got to tell you, I have a few uh, extras here. Yeah, good. i got a few leftovers, and I'm good. anxious to get to them, but I, I did, did my job. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I have a few scoops as well. Uh, movies with trailer trash characters. Yeah. Number five. Deliverance. What? Nineteen seventy-two. John Borman, Vilo Zygmunt, the great cinematographer. We're talking John Voight at his best, and Burt Reynolds at his best, and obviously not talking about those two people, but talking about the hillbillies, and they are indeed are uh, are white trash. If I just let you go, <laughs> I stop it. If I never gave you a look, if I just let you go, how long do you think you'd be singing that song? I think I would have stopped anyway. Is that is that what happens? Like when someone says stuff that's boring in your mind, do you just is that what you? Yeah, I just think about things. I get glazed eyes. What do you think about when you're when you're off in La La Land? I think about you, Robert. No, you don't. What do you think about? I think about what I want to do tomorrow. I do. Is that what you? Yeah, I think about what needs to be accomplished. What should I do with things? And um, and I think about uh, sex. What do you think about when you're driving? You know, that's really interesting because. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Are you ever on the road and then all of a sudden you're home and you don't remember getting off the freeway? No. I don't drive like that. I, I focus on what's going on because I'm a very aggressive driver. Very aggressive. I've been yeah. with you. But I, I, I've never been in a car accident. 
Not a serious car. No, I've we got in a shitload of tickets. I get out of most of them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, I actively... Do. And you know what? I don't get that many tickets because usually I'm paying attention to the cops. And I'll, be, I'll see them. I'll see them come up and I'll be like, okay, slow down. And they, by the time they come up on me, you know, I'm not going fast enough. I don't think this speaks well of me, but I, even last night I happened to be out in Long Beach and I drove home and all of a sudden... I was back in Studio City. I have the radio on. I'm listening to things, listening to the music, soundtrack of how the West was won. That's what I was listening to on the way home. And all of a sudden, I'm home, and I don't even remember transitioning from the, uh, the, the 91 to the 405. All of a sudden, I'm just home. That's not good. That's not good. <sighs> oh, man. All right. That's my number five. All right. And your number five is? My number five is a movie from 1990. And... I- I'm gonna. I'm not gonna cheat here because it's it's two characters, all right? So, but I don't think that's cheating if they're both white in the trash. same in the same in the movie. same film. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think so. Oh, by the way, are we going to overlap, Robert? Um, no, we'll no, no we're, not, we're not gonna overlap. Okay, go no. ahead. This would be the only film that we would overlap if we do overlap, because I know you're not putting the others on your list. Uh, movie from 1990, Tremors, Valentine and Earl. I love that movie. Yeah, I and love man, that movie. They're both white trash, and they save the day. It's yeah. such a great yeah. Yeah. white trash champion film. I love Tremors. Yeah. It's a good flick. When's the last time you saw Tremors? Um, I actually went out of my way to watch some of it because the um, the lead actress was at our premiere That's of, true. of 30 Love. Yeah. And so uh, I watched some of it just to remind myself of what she who she is, what she's done. Um, but the last time I saw it in its entirety has been years. Every time I see it, I, I smile. I smile. It's really good. Yeah, it is good. It's a good horror movie. The monster special effects are really cool. Yeah. That burrowing underground. and Yeah. Yeah. It's And you're right. That's a wonderful one. with yeah. uh, Kevin Bacon's White awesome in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. So what's your number four? I think you're going to like my number four, and I think you're going to be impressed. And mm-hmm. it might be on your list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My number four, Courtney Love, The People versus Larry Flint. I- I thought about it, but yeah. she's not on my list. I knew you would at least considered it. This was 1996. Robert, I always forget, Milos Forman directed that film. Yeah. I, I have to remind myself of that. For some reason, I don't associate him with that movie. And she played the part of the fourth wife right. of, of Larry Flint. She was a stripper. She was wonderful in that she film. She was. Courtney was really, really good in that movie. And definitely playing the part of a white trash character. Yeah. Good job to her. Oh. And you. Thank for you. selecting it. Thank you. My number four is uh, from a movie from the year 2000, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, George, and I'm, you know, I love this this character of, uh, or, or the, I love the movie yep. in general. You've seen it, right? I have, and I had a feeling you were going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? Aaron Eckhart plays George, and he's unreal in that role. He's so... Uh, he plays. He's like a uh, biker, and he's always kind of fixing his bike and stuff. And he's uh, he's got this like heart of gold. And I have a feeling that somewhere on your list is going to be Mask. And he he very much is the same kind of character as Sam Elliott from Mask. Very spiritual. Like they they can be related cousins or something like that. Hmm. Anyway, that's nice. my number four. Nice. And my number three. Yep. Two thousand and five. Rob Zombie directed it. Come on. Oh, wow. You know, uh, you're probably even, no, not, uh, Devil's Rejects. Oh, Devil's Rejects. You, you're familiar with yeah. it. You, yeah. You've seen this film. And this is, a, it's a um, psychopathic, f- 
fucked up family yeah. with, 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 with gore and they're trashy and blood. And what a disturbing film this is. I had to put that down as my number three. I'm surprised you did. You're, you're surprised I know of it. You're surprised I've seen it. Yes, that's no. what I'm surprised yeah, of. Not know. surprised that you know of it, but right, surprised I've seen it. I've seen it, yep. Uh, my number three is a movie that uh, you're going you're gonna to give me a hard time for having on my list. It's from 1990. It's a movie I don't think that you've seen. <sighs> 1990s, Ernest Goes to Jail with Ernest P. Worrell. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> This movie is surprisingly hilarious. There's a bunch of really, really funny scenes in this movie. It's a kid's movie, you know, so you have to approach it like that. It's And it's not like a kid kid, but it's like, you know, a 10-year-old's kind of movie. And it's fucking funny. I'm sorry, I'll stand by it till the day I, I love die. It. I love it. Ernest P. Worrell is funny. You know what I mean, Bert? I like your example. I like your, your selections. So, no, I don't think we're going to overlap. No, I don't think so either. Especially when you hear my numbers two and one. Oh, man. We're not overlapping at all. We're not even coming close to overlapping. Okay. What's your number three? Or two? My number two. And what I, I think for the first time, this is rare. I'm going to turn you on. To, what I really love about you is that you know so much stuff. About films and also not about films, but the and references. I love that you don't know anything. Ah, you know all these references, but I think I'm about to introduce you to something that perhaps you've never seen and perhaps you've never even heard of it. Oh. There were a series Is of ten butt? films. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me move on to my number one. Then. No. Okay. There are a series of ten films. That is white And trash. I want to say to you that these ten films were made in the late 40s and the early 50s, and I did some research. And people say it actually financially saved Universal. Are you familiar with the um, with the series of films entitled Ma and Pa Kettle? Does yes, that mean, and I know Ma and Pa really? Kettle. Now, first of all, it's titled, not entitled. You're right. It's titled. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. I should have known that. I've not seen the films. I know of them, but I don't know much about them. I've heard Ma and Pa Kettle. Yeah. But- so you've heard... What, tell, tell okay, all right. This is the late 40s, early 50s, and there's a series of movies. Uh, the same actress, Marjorie Maine, does that name mean anything to you? Mm-mm. She starred in all 10 of these films, and it was about um, in, in the Ozarks and a hillbilly like, and very hillbill- Beverly Hillbillies like. And they made these 10 black and white movies where they have 15 kids, hmm. and, uh, and they're trash. They're white trash people. And listen to these titles. Ma and Petal, Pa Kettle Go to Town. Ma and Pa Kettle on Vacation. That's what I, these I movies... love it's like go to town. Yeah. They, they leave their nook of the woods. <laughs> to go... Go yeah. around the holler and And then they down. come back. And yeah. then they go back to town. Nice. Uh, go on vacation. Ma and Pa Kettle back on the farm. And they were very successful. And a lot of people have never heard of these. And I wanted to include that as my number two. All um, right. Trailer trash. So you intru- films. include ten films. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I cheated, didn't I? Yeah. By including it. That's yeah. how you roll. Yeah. My number two is a movie from 1999, Office Space. And you might say, now wait a minute. Wait Here's a the minute. white trash. And the white trash character was the next door neighbor, Lawrence. The guy who lived next door and would always like talk through the walls to him. That guy was so fucking funny. And he was like the uh did he do karate in that movie too, or something? Oh no, I'm thinking I get the same actor but different movie. Uh. Anyway, uh, the character of Lawrence, who would always like come over whenever you know he could always hear through the walls. He could always hear what the main character was up to. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. Trailer yeah. trash. 
Yeah, white trash. White trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had the, he had the mullet He'd haircut. be white trash. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he was yeah, definitely yeah, white yeah. trash. Hey, man, what, what, what are you guys doing over there? You'd always talk like that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your number one? Wait, we're not even coming close to overlapping. I know you probably heard of this. I don't think you've ever seen it. 1959. It's a musical. It's colorful. It's exuberant. And it's titled... The Sound of Music. <laughs> Boy, Christopher Plummer really didn't like working with Julie Andrews, did he? Okay. It's titled Little Abner. Little, I know Little Abner. So, did you see the movie? Uh, might have. I know you're familiar with the comic strip. Yeah. It was also a very successful Broadway play. And it was uh, Stubby K was in it, and mostly unknowns. Um, and it was Dogpatch USA. And there were some great musical numbers in there. Um and and what's good for General Mo what's good for General Motors is good for the USA. And it actually was a scathing satire of capitalism. Uh, it made fun of the corporate mentality in in the United States. And uh, jubilation, tea corn pole, da da. Stubby K, that was this big number in the movie. And you're just looking at me right now, Robert. Is it possible but, for you to not sing it? No, episode it's not. Of this show? And with. Um, Daisy May and Mama and Pappy Pappy Yoakum. We're familiar with these names, and definitely. I don't. I don't know these names. Yes, you do. Pappy Mama, Pappy, Pappy Yoakum. Never heard of that. Yeah, I have spoken. That's what I've heard. I think I've heard you heard say that. that. <laughs> you heard me say that. Yeah. <laughs> Little Abner. Yeah. What a what a these white trash people in 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 Dogpatch USA. I have spoken. Uh, this is including a lot of actors who are in blackface, right? <laughs> Your number My one. My number one is a movie from 1983. The absolute best I can possibly imagine. The absolute best white trash ever. Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Vacation. When he is stirring that Kool-Aid. and uh, Oh, no, no, no. She, his daughter is stirring the Kool-Aid. And Chevy Chase is like, Vicky, can I help you with that? Please. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Stirring yeah. the Kool Aid with her hand. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's like he's oh yeah, Clark. I bet you could use a cold one. Pops up, you know, a, a new beer for himself and gives Clark his old beer. There's so many great little tiny gags that Randy Quaid pulls off in that movie. So my number one white trash character is Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Vacation. Nice. I stand by that one. Nice. I think that's the second time I've had Vacation on my top five. I it is. I, I think I got shit for it. Yes, you did. A few weeks ago, you did. Yeah. But this time, no shit. Yeah. Uh, you said you had some scoops. I do, Let's yeah. Let's hear them. Uh, Reese Witherspoon in Freeway. That was a good one. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, you haven't seen Freeway? No. Ira. Oh? This is straight up your alley. Really? Man. Is it streaming? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Producer Joey will find out. It's it's basically the tale of Little Red Riding Hood, but with uh, a teenage Reese Witherspoon and the wolf is Kiefer Sutherland. And you would like it a lot. Um, I thought you were going to say Roadhouse. I thought Roadhouse was because we. Roadhouse? Yeah. That movie sucks. Patrick Swayze. Well, well, I'm not just trying to find a, a white trash character. A movie character. that your favorite. Yeah. Right. So you would include Roadhouse. Who's okay. the best character? Right. That's, okay. It, that's who we're looking through. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, right? So that's a, another really, really good one. I think you and I have talked about that movie before. It's definitely come up on this podcast. It's one of the best. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Uh, those characters are great. I had a really hard time not putting it on my uh, top five. It was really hard to not put on there. Gummo. Have you seen Gummo before? No. Gummo. That's the first movie that came to mind when I was thinking about this. Uh, it was a uh, Harmony Corinne who shot kids. 
you know the movie Kids? Yes. The 90s? Yeah. His second film was called Gummo, and it was just a bunch of these like white trash characters that were all... There's a, a an amazing money shot scene of this kid who's probably seven or eight who takes a bath and the bath water is like filthy, gross, black, and he's the whole bathtub is just mangy and gross. It's a really, really interesting kind of texture of a film, basically. Uh, oh, what's your your girl that you like? Uh, oh, what, the one You're gonna you, say it? No, it's on my scoop. No, no, no. Uh, you've you've talked right. about it, Chloe Savon, because Savanier or whatever her name is. You've mentioned her before, but you I don't think you know who you don't recognize the name, but you've recognized the person. But anyway, she's in it. She has uh, taped over boobs in that. You'd like it, hmm. yeah. Okay. And then also one that really needs to be mentioned whenever we're talking about white trash is Nicolas Cage playing Herbert McDonough from Raising Arizona, nineteen eighty-seven. Agreed, and that. The pampers scene, yeah. the diaper scene. Sure. Oh my gosh, the whole that whole sequence of of film is one of my favorites with the music, everything. Yeah, that's Coen yeah. Brothers at their finest. Yep, yeah. agreed, agreed. Oh, you have some extra. Scenes? I have a scoop. I did not include mask. I put mask because we reference mask two or three times. I'm trying to keep it fresh with the least amount of cheating. I thought possible. Jim Carrey was really white trash. Oh wait. <laughs> That was the map. Oh, yeah. The map. Yeah, we already mentioned uh, Sharon, so on a mask. But also, you know, I was thinking that Logan Lucky. Oh, yeah. You know, and I thought, but that's not a favorite. I didn't love the film particularly. So, but I thought, well, they're, they're white trash, you know, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they are. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, Christina Ricci in Black Snake Moan. I'm surprised I wanted, that's not on your I list. I am surprised too because I mentioned that film not too long ago on a previous podcast, but you know that. Yeah. Why am I chained to the radiator? Okay. So I just love that movie, but I decided not to include it. And um, I did a little bit of research. There's actually a movie called Poor White Trash. Did you know that? I've seen that. You've seen it? They shot Sean that. Young. They shot that it. near where I went to college. Really? Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's our list. No over... No, not a sign. No overlapping. Wow. Yeah. Not even in our extras do we overlap. Yeah, how about that? What does that say? There's a lot of white trash going around. Yeah. Well, I guess we uh, we did a podcast. (laughs) We did. Who should we thank? We should thank producer Joey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We should also thank ourselves. Good job, Ira. Good job, Robert. And if you like... We should also thank our audience... Who is going to write us with their own top five uh, problems or thoughts or whatever, if they have any problems or thoughts about our top five. Uh, you can write us at Robert at Money Shot. Robert at Anti-Wave You only... Podcast. Wait, we had a bet. Now, wait, it's not fair that I go first. Oh, oh, I see. Look how you, now you're modifying the rules because you fucked up. And I didn't say it. You started to. I'll give you a couple bucks. All right. Uh, Robert at Anti-Wave podcast.com and now you say to or. me and, or yeah and I go and slash or <laughs> Ira at mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got you no you didn't I was humoring you go ahead at um, at, at um, anyway what's the name of our anyway podcast by the way this was definitely an anyway film too yes it really I was you. I tell it was extremely yeah. anyway uh, anyway podcast.com is right. my email address oh. I'm okay no, yeah. yeah you can also send us a tweet over at anti-wave pod uh, or an Instagram message DM at anti-wave pod as well mm-hmm. yes you can we're all over the place aren't we, we? Are. 
We are. We're also, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Go to our website. And let somebody know about the podcast. Let somebody know about Antiway Films. And if you would like to check out our Antiway Film, you could check out 30 Love, which is now streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can also rent it through Amazon. You can rent it through iTunes. You can buy it through iTunes. That's right. Or you can even buy the discs. So if you want to buy a disc. It's available. It's now available. You can buy it through our website, which is 30lovefilm.com. I think you can buy it in, in Amazon as well, I believe. And there's a few other places where you can buy it as well. Yeah. So it's now Either Blu-ray or DVD. The Blu-ray looks so awesome. It really does. It, it was, looks we beautiful. And there's again. all sorts of extra bonus features on there. Yeah. There's um, director's commentary. So in case you didn't get enough of us talking, you can get even talk more. even more. You got deleted scenes, gag uh, reel. takes gag reel. All sorts of stuff. Q&A. The short yeah, film. The Boston Film Festival. Yeah. There's a short film attached to it. And the script it. is even in, on there. It is. We put that in there as well. So uh, a lot of bonus features. Yeah. So that's it. We did it. Yeah, we did. All right, so until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Yeah, they were fucking. Uh. Yeah, bitch. Throw overboard. Drown her. <laughs> <laughs>